You aren't very loud, by the way. How about now? That's no? better. Okay. So I'll just make sure to talk louder. Is this or fine? Closer. Okay. Like my, when I'm talking, my nose is touching the little thing. Okay. The little cover. Okay. My so. nose is touching. Great. John, you've got lots of material to use here. <laughs> <laughs> he would never use any of this. Oh, no. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Engage and Equip podcast, a resource designed to help form substantive disciples for the local church. My name is John Sikotowski. I'm the communications coordinator here at High Point Church. And today I am joined in the recording studio, aka my office, by Aaron Hesse, who is the director of small groups and connections. Yes. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is Aaron. Um, Aaron and Nick recently recorded this podcast where they're talking about the concept of blessing. So Aaron is going to give us a brief preview of what you guys will be listening to shortly. Yeah. So in one of the sermons from the Entrusted series, Nick talked about blessing and we realized that there are a lot of misconceptions that Christians have about what blessing is and um, why it is that God blesses and all, all the things wrapped up in that word that we often use, but don't really know exactly what we mean when we say it. So that is a lot of what we covered in this podcast. Great. So without further ado, give this episode a listen. Hey everybody, welcome to the Engage and Equip podcast. My name is Erin Hesse and I am the Small Groups and Connections Director here at High Point. And I'm Nick Gibson, High Point Senior Pastor. Yes, and it's been a while since I've been on the podcast, so I'm glad to be back doing this. It's very yeah, fun. It's yes. very exciting. Yes. So we have been going through the Entrusted series on Sunday morning and we're just wrapping up this Sunday, um, getting right before Advent season, and we've covered a lot of really good content that has helped for sure myself and I know a lot of the congregation understand what it means to be God's steward, which is not language that we usually talk about when we talk about our identity and our role as mm -hmm. Christians and what it means to follow God. So um, I know that I thought a lot about how I steward my relationships, my time, my gifts, my passions, yeah. um, all those different things. Um, and the phrase, Nick, that you kept using throughout this series was that a steward is someone who owns nothing but governs everything and yeah. that it should be an idea that we're daily reflecting on. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important because if you get those two concepts right, they help with some of the main idols that people deal with. So if you struggle with the idols of control and power, then the first proposition that you own nothing mm -hmm. like can help relieve you of that. You don't own this stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. This power isn't your power. This control isn't your control. Mm -hmm. You're not the master. Right. Right. But if your idol is indulgence and comfort, then the idea that you are responsible for everything that's in your trust, it is your job to invest it and make the most of it. Yeah. Um, says, Hey, you need to get off your behind and quit pretending that this life is all about your comfort. It's mm -hmm. not. Um, you, it's your, you're called and your, the thing you're saved for is to serve the Lord, mm -hmm. to glorify God and to do what is good mm -hmm. and to seek your joy in that. And I think that that, so it deals with both the passive and indulgent and comfort focused set of idols by knowing yeah. that you're in charge of everything. Mm -hmm. And it deals with the control power based uh, idols when you realize you own nothing. Yeah. Yep. So in one of the sermons, you specifically addressed greed and covetousness and how those things can twist and um, poison our understanding of what it means to be a steward. And so 
eventually we're going to talk a little bit about, we're going to talk mostly on blessing and where we get that wrong. And, mm-hmm. um, but I want to set the stage a little bit of how you, how you got there. Um, so, um, you talk about how as stewards, we need to be vigilant against greed. So first of all, is there a difference between greed and coveting? Yes. Okay. Tell yeah, us so, so are. greed is a, is a directed general concept of seeking to accumulate, mm-hmm. right? It's in the inordinate accumulation of wealth. Mm-hmm. Covetousness is transferring wealth mm-hmm. from a rightful owner to a non-rightful owner. Okay. So in the 10 commandments, there isn't a command about greed, right? There's only a command about coveting. Mm, yeah. That is, um, you should not want something and try to take something for yourself that rightly belongs to another person. Mm-hmm. So people often get covetousness wrong um, because they get envy wrong. They think, so for example, let's say you're great with people. You're really social. Everybody feels great when you talk to them and everybody feels intimidated and angry when I get done talking to them. And I can say, Aaron's so great at that. I wish I was like her. Mm-hmm. That's not envy and that's not coveting. Okay. It's envy if I, if I hate you. Right, because, because like of it, that. yeah. And it's covetousness if, if if I said, I wish I was like that and Aaron wasn't. Mm. Yeah. If I saw it as a finite resource and I wanted to take it from you so that I could have it so that you no longer had mm. it. Does sure. that make sense? Mm-hmm. That's why the things you're not supposed to covet are your neighbor's wife because you can't both have her, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> right. Your neighbor's donkey or their, you know, their livestock because you can't both have the livestock. Mm-hmm. It's a finite resource. And so covetousness is the desire for me to have that resource instead of you. Mm-hmm. And because of that, covetousness is literally the opposite of generosity. Generosity is the idea of something that I have that I can't have if you have it, I want you to have. Mm. So generosity and covetousness are literally the opposite. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. So that can definitely cripple our understanding and our... Right. Like utilizing being a steward. Yeah. And so greed's opposite would be something like contentment. Mm. Right. I sure. don't have to accumulate anymore. I'm good. Yeah. Right. Now yeah. you can see how those are related. The minute I feel content and then I have more because my productivity has exceeded my need. And because I don't feel like I need that more because I don't feel greedy, mm-hmm. I can engage in generosity. Right. If I'm not yeah. content and I feel like I need more, then I can look at somebody else and say, I need what they have. Mm-hmm. So they're related, but they are distinguishable concepts. Yeah. And they're different sins. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. And so, they, and they attend as the opposite of different virtues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there you'll, a- never be, you'll never be generous until you can be content. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Seek to be content and then seek to be productive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you'll be generous. Yeah. Well, and right along with discontentment can come anxiety, which is the second point that you talked about in this mm-hmm. sermon, that um, we have to face the materialistic anxieties that we have. Mm-hmm. But it's really terrifying to do that because it's natural for us to, you know, even at the young age of two, to think that anything that we have in our that we have in our hands or that we have in our vision, you know, our eyesight is ours, that we can claim it as ours and um, we want to hold tight to things. We want to control things. We don't want anyone to mess with things. And so there's this materialistic anxiety that we have to deal with and Mm -hmm. recognizing ourselves as stewards. Um, So talk a little bit about what you mean instead, like when you talk about true wealth that we are supposed to pursue compared to the materialistic items that we have of this, of this world. um, How is that we're just, we are to steward our faith in God in light of true wealth. Okay. So there's a couple of things I think that are kind of central about this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
One is, is that the way Jesus handles this in the passage I preached on here, which is, I think was in Luke 12. Yep. He says, he first talks about provision and that provision is related to the concept of human security. Mm -hmm. So most psychologists will say the number one need of human beings is security first. And like, that's why you see so many people behave out of insecurity. And you're like, why does their insecurity keep coming up? Because that is their most fundamental need. When people don't feel secure, they act insecure because mm-hmm. they can't help it because mm-hmm. their security isn't really taken care of. Now, yeah. there's there's lots of ways to settle security, right? One of them is to trust God. Mm-hmm. Another one is to have everything you feel like you need, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's lots of ways to do it. So one of the issues is that he deals with the, the issue of security. And part of the issue with security, which is related to blessing, which we'll talk about later, mm-hmm. is this idea of how is your future need going to be met? Right? So a month from now, if I'm still alive, I'm going to want to eat. Okay. Now the question is, why do I think right now that's going to be okay? Why do I need to not be anxious about it? Because a month from now when I need to eat, it's going to be okay. Because right now I don't have a month's worth of food in my house. Almost Mm -hmm. no American does. Right. Now, actually, technically I do. (laughs) I I mean, I'm one of those people, but not a lot of food and not all the right kinds, right? Right. So I believe that the entire market system of America is going to produce groceries. They're going to be in the grocery stores near my house at reasonable Mm -hmm. prices next month in the dead of winter when I need it. That you'll have the resources to get those things. And I will have the resources to purchase Mm -hmm. them, And right? So I believe a lot of things Mm -hmm. that I believe they're all true. Now, most of those things I believe are true because they've been true my whole life. Mm And so I just take them as axiomatic, true, basic, necessary facts to quote George MacDonald. And so I feel perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. But the problem is is you take any one of those premises out, I won't have enough money, the grocery store won't be open, there'll be a huge blizzard, whatever. And all of a sudden I could instantly feel the whole weight of insecurity because I just don't think it's going to happen, right? And so what Jesus claims in this story is he says, listen, Look at the birds of the field. They don't have homes. They don't have silos. They don't have places where they store away food. And yet, and then he says, yet God feeds them. And so one of the things that he, he says is that a person who actually believes in God literally can trust to future providence that God is actually working for their good in material things, at least sufficient to their most basic daily need. Mm-hmm. And that that is how we're supposed to get our sense of security in terms of what we require. See, he says the same thing mm-hmm. with clothing, right? He's like, you need clothes, but listen, God clothes the flowers mm-hmm. and they're here for like one day mm-hmm. and they're clothed better than Solomon. So God's not only sufficient, but extravagant. Mm-hmm. And so that's how you should trust. Mm-hmm. And he, he, and then he says, the reason this works is because if you don't worship mammon or worldliness or mm-hmm. greed, and instead you worship God. You seek his kingdom and his righteousness. Mm-hmm. If you seek his kingdom and his, his righteousness, all the money things will take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. If you seek mammon and its unrighteousness, nothing else will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. Your character, your heart, your salvation, your spirituality, your relationships. Greed basically destroys everything. Yeah. Right? This is why you see greedy people, their kids hate them. They're, you know, they get divorced, like all kinds of terrible things happen yeah. in their life. Yeah. Even if sometimes they succeed in getting a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so what Jesus is saying, is he's saying, look, there are certain things that are golden habits. Like if you do something, if you believe in a certain way, you tend to get the other things too. And he says, mm-hmm. seeking God's kingdom 
that is God's rule in the world, the way God does stuff Mm -hmm. and his righteousness, the moral clarity and beauty of being like Christ. Mm -hmm. If you do those two things, these other, you will be productive. People will trust you. You'll have work, right? People will, when you need help, people will help you. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you'll be fine. Yeah. You'll, enjoy doing the work that you're doing you'll want to give like speaking to generosity that you were talking about earlier those will be things that naturally pour out of you because your trust is in the right place and you'll be free of all the anxieties of greed am Mm -hmm. i getting enough can i keep enough what what happens if i lose these items and of course every belonging is a claim on your time Mm -hmm. right so there's all the anxieties that come from belongings yeah people think that having more belongings is good belongings produce stress Mm -hmm. they require upkeep ownership is a is a difficult and hard responsibility mm-hmm. and people who want more don't realize that right okay so nick then how does all of this then relate to you know when, when we are seeking god's kingdom and his righteousness first mm-hmm. and we experience what the bible calls blessing right um there was a an entire sermon basically that you could have written on just this concept of blessing that you you had in a footnote of your sermon notes that specifically John and Nicole, two of our other podcast hosts, read this and thought this needs to be talked about. And so we, we want to land yeah. here a little bit today. So um, how does, yeah, blessing, well, first of all, I guess, how do Christians sometimes get this idea of blessing wrong? Or where have you heard people misuse the idea of blessing? Yeah. Okay. So there's two main ways Christians get the idea of blessing wrong. Mm-hmm. The first is, is that they're too embarrassed to want it. Hmm. Okay, so blessing is something promised from the very beginning of the first covenant of God with all people, all the way through to Jesus' unblushing promises of untold riches in greatness and beauty and generosity that comes from God to us Mm -hmm. in salvation. Mm -hmm. And so some Christians think that it's humble or that it's um, broad-minded or uh, something, some virtuous way of thinking to think, to not be to not long to be the recipient mm. and object of God's blessing. Yeah. Especially in things like wealth or future happiness or something, mm-hmm. right? And that's not that's not Christian. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not rooted in Christ. That's not rooted in scripture. Right. Christianity. Right. <laughs> right. And so that's that's essentially an embarrassment in believing that you have a good and great father mm-hmm. that not everybody has become the child of. Mm-hmm. So in that situation, the person, a person who believes I'm not deserving of blessing, what are they misunderstanding about God? So there are some people who I think believe that they're, they're, they don't deserve the blessing. And in that case, they don't understand the gospel. They don't understand that they are in union with Christ mm-hmm. and everything that belongs to Christ is, is in and with them mm-hmm. too. And mm-hmm. that God counts them as one together. And there, and therefore, all that Jesus is the heir of, they are the heir of. This mm-hmm. is discussed in the Book of Romans, for example, in chapter eight and such. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it's just a mis- it's just a misunderstanding of the gospel. How mm-hmm. how God counts us. It says in Colossians one, in Christ's death, the death of His body, that He presents us to Himself. That is God the Father mm-hmm. through Christ presents us to Himself through salvation and faith, free from accusation, and without blemish. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if you stand before God and there's nothing wrong with you and no viable accusation against you Mm -hmm. and you're his child, what are you heir to? And the answer is everything. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, but, but there's also a certain kind of what I would say is a, um, 
sophisticated rejection of blessing mm-hmm. because a lot of the Christians that speak the most about blessing and the errors of blessing, which we'll get to the other side of the error of Christian understanding of blessing are fairly unsophisticated Christians, many of whom are in the global South, many of whom are in the Southern part of America mm-hmm. or people who just, they go to churches that don't focus a lot on nuanced and deeply theological understandings of blessing. And so they see blessing as like, if I tithe, God's going to give me more money. Mm-hmm. If I, want healing god's gonna heal me if i Mm -hmm. and so it 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 like it creates this this two problems one is people outside the church it just feels like we're like bragging right and we'll get to that in a minute i think but then on the other side it feels like people who think that way have no doctrine of suffering Mm -hmm. right and they just think that if i do good then God will do good things to me mm-hmm. and the trade will be relatively in kind. Mm-hmm. So if I give money, God will give me money yeah. or assets, right? And that's that's not right. No, mm-hmm. that's right. Mm-hmm. And so some Christians feel in a way too sophisticated to think that way. Yeah, They think that God loves them. They think that God will save them. They think some good, that means that some good will happen to them, but they don't think in terms of God blessing them. Mm-hmm. And they don't think of in terms of God blessing them that is giving generously to them in this life now in ways that are sometimes profoundly concrete. Mm -hmm. And then they don't want to, they don't let themselves see those things as blessings from God. Um, Partly because they're afraid that if those things get torn away from them, they'll hate God or they'll be like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I guess my, I guess I, I trusted that this was from God. And then now I found out it was taken away from me. Maybe then it wasn't from God. And maybe other things that I've placed my faith in, I've misplaced it. That's one of the reasons why I struggle personally mm-hmm. with believing in blessing because mm-hmm. I don't want to put my faith in anything wrong mm-hmm. because if then the thing I put my faith in turns out to be wrong, I may by association think other things I've put my faith in are wrong. Yeah. But yeah. I can't do that and believe what Jesus has actually said. Mm-hmm. That, that I, to do that is to make Jesus a liar, to count him as a liar, yeah. which is blasphemy. Yeah. That's not an option. Right. Yeah. You so know? if I'm hearing you right, mm-hmm. the two the two general ideas of what blessing is, there's like two different camps that Christians often lie in. One is either I don't deserve to be blessed, like blessing. That's not something for me, that language in the Bible, or that's not something that people really take and apply to their own lives. Or people see it as a, if I do X, Y, and Z, then God will give X, Y, and Z back. Or that there's like an exchange that happens, a transaction that happens between a person and God. Is that I think those accurate? are two of the relatively prominent ones. Okay. I mean, I hate to narrow down Christians to sure. only two mistakes about anything. Sure. <laughs> you know? Um, but two more, like you said, more prominent. I think so. Sides of the, okay, sides of the coin. So in, so you had written that instead, you say that blessing, blessing is the gift of God that comes when believers engage in faith. It is how God responds to faith when believers risk of their worldly goods when believers risk their worldly goods to be the stewards of God's goodness. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So talk about that a little bit and how that is different from. I did say that. You did say that. <laughs> so in my mind, it's best to frame this against how people who are not believers mm-hmm. often criticize the concept of mm-hmm. blessing within Christian faith. So um, one cynical way to look at the concept of Christian blessing is to say um, people who are wealthy and have a life of ease feel guilty and uncomfortable around people whose lives are not wealthy and full of ease. Mm. And so what do you do with that feeling? What do you do with that feeling of survivor's guilt? 
that what you know f- five people run up a hill in a war and three of them get shot dead and two survive and mm-hmm. win mm-hmm. how are those two people supposed to feel mm-hmm. right it seems like it was random or by chance or or if you believe some political orientations it was by the successful people either implicitly or some way structurally oppressing the others and stealing their work mm, sure Impl- that means it's treating them like slaves mm-hmm. and so their people long for a way to think about their success and their wealth in ways that um, either make them feel good about themselves or at least don't make them feel bad about themselves. Mm -hmm. And so if you can say, well, this is just God's choice. Mm -hmm. God just chose me to be wealthy and this other person to be not wealthy and God blessed me and isn't blessing great. And so one cynical way to look at it is it's just a religious created excuse so that people who have don't have to feel bad about the people who have not right. and to see that as merely the result of chance or injustice mm-hmm. and that therefore the rich people would have the responsibility to remedy that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. If you believe in a shallow concept of blessing that like the reason I'm rich is because God just blessed me and he wants me to enjoy these blessings, mm-hmm. then you can spend it all on yourself and you don't have to feel bad about other people who don't have anything. Mm-hmm. And you can live in this kind of ignorant, unsophisticated bliss of self-indulgence. Right. And, that's that is a horrible thing mm-hmm. and i would i would definitely say that there are numerous christians perhaps millions of christians mm-hmm. who absolutely do believe in blessing yeah yeah and um and and many of us who are materially blessed educationally blessed mm-hmm. um structurally familially blessed people who are blessed and have a certain kind of curse survivor's guilt mm-hmm. um that's a very real thing. Mm-hmm. And I, so I think all of us who are wealthy in any meaningful sense, who have any kind of capital, whether it's human capital or financial capital, and we see other people who don't, and we and we didn't do anything for that to be true of us. Right. We all have a certain kind of success guilt. Mm-hmm. And there is a shallow way to think about blessing that we can use to make us feel ourselves feel better. Yeah. And I think that that is not what the Bible means and not what Jesus means by blessing. Mm -hmm. So it, yeah. So what do you think it does mean now? Okay. So before I get into that, Mm -hmm. I don't want to push that too far Mm because there is a certain amount of divine sovereign choice Mm -hmm. in what we're born into. But Luke makes very clear those for whom much is given much is expected. So that which is the chance of our birth and the chance of God's gift to us in intelligence or health or any of those things, I think those that's where Jesus says many who are first will be last and last first. Yeah. I think in those cases, our destiny is partly dictated by our embrace of faith and through faith, our embrace of contentment and generosity. Mm-hmm. With whatever we're given. With whatever we're mm-hmm. given. Yeah. And I think that that's true of people who are poor too, mm-hmm. but I, but Luke does say of those much has been given to much will be expected. Mm-hmm. And so I think there is a huge way of moral obligation on us yeah. and you can't make yourself feel better about it. Mm-hmm. So, okay. But what, I, but that's an, I don't think that's the main thing that blessing means, at least in relationship to how Christians are supposed to pursue blessing. Mm-hmm. Because if blessing is presented by Jesus as this great thing and this thing that God wants to give us, mm-hmm then it's not humble. It's arrogant not to pursue it. Mm -hmm. Every Christian should have a doctrine of blessing and be deeply interested in even be ordering their life and faith around receiving God's blessing. Mm -hmm. Now it sounds scary because I mean, and actually it reminds me of um, like John Piper's Christian hedonism, Mm -hmm. that talk like where he talks about when you strive, Oh, what does he say? You should do everything you can to be happy in God. 
everything yeah. you do should yeah. be designed to make you happy and, and that and that sounds wrong because it sounds it right. sounds selfish or sounds like well then you're right. just looking to gratify yourself so yeah how right. how is it that like if we if our purpose is to glorify god how is it that in seeking blessing that those things can run right together okay so here's my argument and I think that anybody who reads the, the pas- relevant passages in the Bible in light of this will be like, oh, of course that's what it means. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's this, that when Jesus tells us to do certain things and he tells us to do many things and he tells us as his disciples to learn to obey every single thing he's ever commanded us, mm-hmm. a worldly hearted person and a worldly minded person will say, that's going to ruin my life. All of the mm-hmm. things that I desire in my greed and covetousness, I'm not going to get. Yeah. Okay, so the flesh says, I want ease, sloth. I want not just the justice bad things done to me deserve, but I want even my wrath to be satisfied, Mm -hmm. right? And so you have wrath and lust. I want to possess others Mm -hmm. um, of the opposite sex or whatever sex I'm interested in, Mm -hmm. and I want to possess them sexually for my gratification, Mm -hmm. greed, and so on. You can go through the seven deadly sins and more, right? Mm -hmm. Pride, I want people to worship me and so on, right? Yeah, yeah. And Jesus basically tells us to behave in such a way and to believe in such a way and to be formed in our hearts in such a way as to let go of all of those claims. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so if you do what Jesus says, it looks like you're going to be poor, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It looks mm-hmm. like people are going to take advantage of you. You're not going to get justice. You're not going to have as much sex as you want. You're going to have to work hard rather than be slothful. You're mm-hmm. going to, you're, you know, et cetera. You can't take from people who you envy. You like, you have to be content. Like it just looks like you're not going to get anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And yet Jesus says, if you do things this way, you will be surprised how well they turn out in this life mm-hmm. and in the age to come eternal life. So there's this place where, um, there's this rich guy and he says, what do I need to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, leave every, sell everything you have and come follow me. Right. Well, well, well first what he says is, sorry. Um, what are the commandments? Right. And the guy mm-hmm. says a bunch of the commandments and he says, and Jesus says a bunch. He says, do this and you'll live. And the guy's like, oh, I, I, I do all that. I've done all that since I was young, mm-hmm. right? which is probably wrong, but <laughs> it's, it's a claim. Okay. Yeah. And Jesus says, okay, one thing you lack, sell everything that you have and come and then you'll, and give to the poor. Mm-hmm. You'll have treasure in heaven. See what mm-hmm. he's making a claim that you'll mm-hmm. have more. Yeah. You just won't have it here. And he says, no, then come follow me. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is an enormous blessing. Mm-hmm. He'd get to follow the savior. He'd have treasure in heaven. Right? And the guy goes away sad. And Jesus says, um, isn't that sad? In fact, it's hard for rich people to be saved. It's harder for a, a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And then he, he says a little bit about, and so Peter's like, well, then can anybody be saved? Because rich, rich people are supposed to be the blessed people. Mm-hmm. If they can't get into heaven, then who gets into heaven? Mm-hmm. If the blessed don't get into heaven, who gets into heaven, right? And Jesus says, well, you know, with, with a man, this is impossible, but anything's possible for God, right? So there's a number of ways to take that. But then Peter says, Lord, we've left everything to follow you. Mm-hmm. Right. And Jesus is a very interesting thing. He's, he doesn't say you'll have treasure in heaven. Like he said to the rich guy, he said, anybody who leaves anything for me will not fail to receive a hundred times back in this life and in mm-hmm. the age to come eternal life. He specifically says it in reference to family, brothers and sisters mm-hmm. and mothers and fathers. And so one of the things Jesus is claiming is he says in the way of the cross and in the way of Christ, all of what you lose there, God has this strange way in his providence of paying you back mm. and, and giving you an abundance 
but oftentimes not possessionally. Mm-hmm. And so for, so for example, yeah. um, if I had gone into business, I would make a lot more money probably than I make right now. Mm-hmm. And so I could afford expensive hunting trips that I would like to go on, right? Yeah. And I gave that up when I did this and had four children and so on, right? <laughs> yeah. And yet in the bouncing around of my relationships over the 20 years in ministry, I bumped into this person who bumped into that person who bumped into this person who bumped into that person who bumped into a guy who did a lot of hunting in Colorado and said, Hey, why don't you come out and I'll get you all set up and you won't have to pay expensive guide fees and mm-hmm. I'll, we'll set up the tent and like you can just hunt. And so for a fraction of the cost because of this relationship, because of a believer who was connected to me only in Christ, he's a brother in Christ mm-hmm. and, and he wanted to do something for me. And so I got to do something I would have never been able to do because of the sacrifices I've made to be a pastor. Yeah. But I got to do because this person counted himself my brother and was generous to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And opened that door. And I, I could count a hundred times. Like my kids have been, I can't afford like all the water skiing stuff, but like somebody in the church was like, Hey, we should take your daughter's water skiing. Mm-hmm. But, and so because I have a hundred more brothers and a hundred more mothers and a hundred more sisters yeah. and a hundred more fathers in the body of Christ, much of what I've given I've given away has come back to me in a fragmentary way, mm-hmm. in a way that I can enjoy, and yet in many ways I don't have to be responsible for, and I don't have yeah. to upkeep, and I don't have to because Christians have been taught to share with each other mm-hmm. through generosity. And so what Jesus knows is that the principles of the universe as He set them up are generosity and love produces more for everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody has more, and if you will, if you will turn away from greed and covetousness and lust and pride and and you will turn and look to the kingdom of god in his righteousness and you'll live in that you'll have way less and you'll have way more Mm -hmm. and that's the secret that is the divine conspiracy Mm -hmm. and in that god just in the practical way the world really works but then also in his provident providential workings blessing comes and so Mm -hmm. so the the reason why blessing is such an important concept it is is the way god gives when you take a path that looks like you'll get nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's the key difference. Because mm-hmm. some Christians live a life of greed and, and covetousness and all that kind of stuff. They call themselves Christians. They get what they want and they call themselves blessed. Mm-hmm. And that's not what blessing means. Yeah. Blessing means you burn your future to ashes mm-hmm. and you follow the way of Christ in all its sufferings, in all its sacrifices, in all its humility, and in all its generosities. And you, you let go your dreams, mm-hmm. especially of wealth. Mm-hmm. And yet God takes you on this journey where in ways you could not have orchestrated, he gives you things you never thought you'd receive. And sometimes he gives you beyond your wildest dreams. Like mm-hmm. I, I know people that gave up their desire for wealth and then, but they went into business and then in ways they never dreamed, they were enormously successful and they had way more money than they ever intended to get, mm-hmm. but they didn't destroy their life and their family and their children and everybody around them. Right. Yeah. And their soul. Yeah. And that's blessing. Yeah. So blessing, blessing isn't just about the end result of what is received or yeah, what is in right. the possession of a person's hands or experiences. It's really the, that faith element and where a person's heart was long before whatever the blessing is was given. Yeah. 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 It's you do the right thing for the right reason. Mm -hmm. You have, you see no path Mm -hmm. to blessing. Mm -hmm. And yet as you, as you walk through that desert, you, you find the oasis Mm -hmm. you never dreamed was there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like, well, as I was reading this footnote 
just in the last 24 hours, I, I, there are a lot of things that helped me understand, um, like how I should look at the process of me and Jason looking for and buying a new home. Mm -hmm. And like, there were, there were definitely moments in my, in our, like putting up our, our house for sale and putting offers on different houses. And there were times when I was trying to close fist what it was that like wanting to have a house for certain reasons or certain status or, um, like just because I should, because of the stage of life I'm in or whatever. And, Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember when exactly, but something switched in my own mind and heart that I think on the outside, nothing really looked different from like what we were doing or what probably what I was saying looked a little sounded a little bit different, but it went from, I really need this. or I really want this to like, God, this is yours. I like, it's scary to, mm-hmm. to ask for prayer for this to, and constantly right. have the answer be no or, or wait as it turns out. And so, yeah. um, yeah, that's, but you, I mean, yeah, so you don't always know what well, you have to start there and it, it really doesn't matter then what happens on the other side or what happens in the end yeah. of it. Yeah. And there, and there's a lot of ways that where that becomes really con- like the way God does the thing is really conspicuous, mm-hmm. right? Like you were like, I said, you know, we're doing this and then you find, I, there's so many Christians who will be like, I was doing this thing. It wasn't working. I got my heart right with God. And then it just happened mm-hmm. effortlessly, mm-hmm. you know? So like you were, you know, you f- guys were, did a lot of work to sell your house. And then we were in a meeting where you were telling Lloyd, your house did not sell. And yeah. then you found it in that, in that meeting. Yeah. An hour later. Your house was selling. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, one of the examples of this, Alexi and I have been through so many of these in our marriage mm. where we're, because she's kind of a controller and a performer and I'm a logician. And so I want to, th- if you think the right thought, you can do the right thing. And the way she thinks is if you just let, if you just do what I tell you, mm-hmm. it'll go fine. <laughs> and that really doesn't work for either of us. Mm-hmm. And so there was this, I, I've told the story before where um, we were, she was five months pregnant with our youngest child and she needed a new vehicle. And we had only saved about $7,000 of cash for that. Mm. And so she really didn't want to buy a $7,000 van. I, and I, that's understandable. And so we, we looked where we could take money from and, but still be responsible to what we felt like God was calling us to do with our finances. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, I think we could do 14 to 15,000. That's the max. Mm-hmm. Right. And, but that assumed like a six month financial cushion. And the reason why I am very strong on that is because I believe at any elder meeting, I have to be able to quit if I'm asked to do something I can't do. Mm-hmm. Now I don't ever, I don't, I mean our elder board is fantastic, mm-hmm. but I just feel like it's a point of, it's a point of, of character and a point of integrity mm-hmm. that I have to have myself in a financial position where mm-hmm. I could quit at any time. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't want my fear of what will happen to my family, keep me from doing what's full of integrity in the ministry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's good. And so, um, and she doesn't feel that way. She's like, oh, those people love you, right? And so she, she she was so frustrated at me because she felt like we had more money because mm-hmm. she didn't think we needed six months because the church loves me. It's been growing for, for at that time, it had been growing for three or four years. And yeah. she's like, this is stupid, right? Yeah. So when we really thought about it, and it was it was like we could not, and we and we couldn't find, I because we looked for a van for $14,000, which is kind of like the slot we were in, couldn't find one. Mm-hmm. Nowhere, right? And so she picked out a $20,000 van she wanted. And she's like, we just need to buy this. And I was like, baby, I, I don't, I just don't, I don't feel right about that. Mm-hmm. Right. And she's like, she's five months pregnant. She's like, right. So we're going back and forth. And so finally, like she's crying and she's like, this is my whole life revolves around vehicle. I feel like you're not supporting me. I need your support. And I was like, look, 
there's part of me that's afraid that if mm-hmm. I was to get fired or I had to quit and we lost our home because we couldn't sell it because the market wasn't great at the mm-hmm. time. There's part of me that feels like that if we went into financial ruin, you would leave me. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, I never thought you would think that. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm the provider. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like you're asking me to enter a situation where if the right things happen, all the plans that I have made to secure our lives would come apart. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like I could do that. And I'm afraid to do it. And she's like, Nick, if we, if we lost everything and we had a bale of hay to our name, like I made this choice with you. We are together. You are my husband. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was a very sweet time for us. Mm-hmm. And so like we turn our hearts back around. We both try to believe God together. Our hearts turn back towards each other. I said, fine, let's buy the $20,000 car. Yeah. If this is how you feel, fine Mm -hmm. it's just money right so we go we sign the thing to buy the twenty thousand dollar car we pick out the one it's perfect it's beautiful we go on our camping trip that weekend with our family we come back we find out that the van was sold across town when we were signing the papers right we were signing the papers some guy signed them like three minutes before we did okay you already had the van at that point you had taken it camping? No, no, or no, no. Or it was no, sitting no. somewhere. Okay. No, it was sitting somewhere. We were supposed to oh, pick I it see. up okay, that day. Okay. And so then we were, so we were kind of, we were kind of hurt by that. We were mm. kind of like, oh, I went home. It was late in the evening. I looked online, a 2008, $14,000 Toyota Sienna with mm. eight seats, which is exactly what she wanted. Yeah. Had just been posted. I called it 7 a.m. the next morning, like literally the first moment the dealership was open. They said, I can bring it out right now if you want to try it. I said, yes, I do. <laughs> By the time they had gotten the van for us to test drive, they'd already gotten three other calls for it. Mm, so wow. it was only for sale for like 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And it just so happened. It just so happened. We didn't get the other van. Mm. It just so happened. I chose to look online. It just so happened. Mm-hmm. I found it that they'd posted yep. it late the night before, late enough that nobody could buy it the day before. And then I could call early enough. Yeah. I, I managed to be the first call in and they brought it to us that day. We bought it right then Mm -hmm. and that's the van we still drive and so like i like i look at like listen i understand you could look at that as a cynical person or as a skeptic and be like there's yeah it's an unlikely concatenation of circumstances Mm -hmm. but there's no proof that god did that Mm -hmm. well sure that's true yeah but if i believe what i already believe Mm -hmm. it's unmistakable yeah what stuck out to me that's blessing yeah what stuck out to me when you were saying that was the the moment that you verbalized the fear that you had to her and like because that is what always gets in the way of i don't know if always but that's definitely something that's going to get in get in the way of faith right and if we don't have faith in the right place then it then it's not then we're not seeking to to do what god has for us or to trust in him fully jesus didn't give a flip about our van (laughs) right Right? i mean it was all about your heart is all yeah, he yeah. wanted to heal something. He wanted to get at the real root mm-hmm. of the disagreement Alex and I were having. Mm-hmm. He wanted for us to both be vulnerable with each other, for us both to say what we were, how we really felt, for us to both be able to affirm our commitment to each other mm-hmm. and to reject the lies that we could believe about the other person's heart towards us and to strengthen our family and our marriage. Yeah. And then on top of all of that, he wanted to give Alexi exactly the van she wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he wanted, he had to take us on a little journey to get yeah. us there. <laughs> yeah. And so I look back on that, on the pain and frustration of all of that. And I'm so grateful mm-hmm. and I feel so blessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the thing is I got a $7,000 cheaper van, right? Mm-hmm. But because of what happened, 
it's blessing. That's yeah. blessing. Yeah. Right. And so that, I mean, there's a thousand stories that Christians have like yeah. that. And from a skeptical perspective, you, you could say that they're anything, mm-hmm. but we know that we know that that is God's providence. Mm-hmm. He is working in and with and for us. And sometimes it looks like a financial blessing. And sometimes it looks like all kinds of different things. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like one, one, uh, another quick story about Alexa yeah. and I, that doesn't have like this payoff at the end <laughs> is just like when we were first married, we hated each other's guts. <laughs> I mean, like we were, I went to seminary. We were, you know, she's working the second shift. I'm studying 16, 16 hours a day. Mm-hmm. I have all single friends. We're not making friends together. It was terrible. Right. Mm-hmm. And if we could have divorced each other, we would have, mm-hmm. there's no question. She would have divorced me. I would have divorced her. Mm-hmm. But we believed that the right thing for the right reason was Jesus had commanded us that we could not divorce. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we either had to live with hatred and and no intimacy and none of the benefits of marriage, really, yeah. or we had to sort it out, mm-hmm. right? And so because we of that, we did, we did the right thing for sort of the right reason. And we were like, we got to fix this. We got to, mm-hmm. and so we got help and we, t- I talked to a counselor and we did what we were told by the counselor to do. And we yeah. prayed and we did a, a bunch of things and like God really turned our relationship around. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine having not stayed in this relationship yeah. and learned how to love her and like all that we've been through together. Right. And th- I think that's all blessing. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that blessing came about because I was willing to burn my life to ashes and say, even if this woman never turns on me, if she'll never love me again, mm-hmm. no matter what I'm going to do with marriage, what God says marriage yeah. is, and I'm going to trust God to do something mm-hmm. to bless me. Yeah. And man, he did, but he, again, he did it by changing my spiritual life. I had to seek his kingdom and his righteousness first. Yep. And then all those things got added to me, just like Jesus said, mm-hmm. happiness, intimacy with a, a woman I really love all right. that stuff. Yeah. And it didn't happen overnight. Like I think no. we, we read that verse and because we can read it in half a second, we think that if, well, if we, as soon as we seek his kingdom and righteousness, then right away after that, we'll receive all the bless the, the blessings that we think that we should get or the, the things that we want. And it, yeah. it takes so much more time than we want to. Well, admit it's relative it to how dense we are. And it's amazing how dense <laughs> yeah. human beings are. Yeah. I mean, I, there's stuff that I'm learning right now, like that God is dealing with me about right now, that it's been 25 years. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm a thinker and I'm introspective. Mm-hmm. And there's stuff that like, just in the last couple of weeks, I feel like God has been helping me see. And I just cannot believe I've been 25 years hard headed about some mm-hmm. of this stuff. Yeah. And yet I'm so glad that God hasn't given up. And just mm-hmm. been like, you know what? He's not going to change. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get it. Mm-hmm. And I, I may still not change, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but I feel like it's such a blessing to be. See, that's the thing about if you believe in Jesus, the way he presents himself, it is, be- it is better to be under the knife of God than to be raking in the cash at a casino. Mm-hmm. It's just better yeah, in every way. Yeah. And, that that listen that requires faith you have to believe in the goodness of the, the, in the existence of that god and in his goodness mm-hmm. and his in his intentions and that he will fulfill his promises mm-hmm. and it's through that faith that god forces you to burn to ashes your control mm-hmm. and your providences and your beliefs about your life and all the idolatries that you have in your mind yeah and only when you burn those to ashes can you go under the knife and can you really, he really deal with you and help you and change you? And only then 
can he work things for your good in mm-hmm. such a way as that you receive the blessing that he wants for you? Mm-hmm. And so um, when people, when I hear preachers say, look, if you just give 10%, like God will give you a hundred percent. Like God will never be a debtor to any man. He like blessing is way harder than that. Mm. Yeah, It's true that God gives like, I, there's a certain truth to that. Mm-hmm. It's much less than people think. Mm-hmm. But the concept of blessing in the Bible is so much deeper than that. Mm-hmm. In some ways, so much harder. It's, anything connected to faith is harder than you think it is. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. we always want to believe faith is a simple thing where you just say you believe something, and that means you believe it. Mm-hmm. And the Bible doesn't really treat faith that way. Faith is the actual belief in something. Yeah. And then the issuing of behavior and like the movement of the heart into the fear of it. It's, it's, it's faith in some ways is the expression of courage mm-hmm. towards something that is actually good, true and beautiful as expressed by God in his word yeah. and how he has shown himself. And when you understand faith as the expression of courage towards the truth, you start thinking about it differently. Yeah. And it's only by that means that real blessing can come. Mm-hmm. And so many people to quote Cayman's call confuse happiness with blessing. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, this has been really good. And I, I appreciate you even sharing yeah your own story of where you were able to see what, what true blessing actually is like between you and Alexi. And yeah. um, for those- And of, I've got a thousand stories like that. I'm yeah, sure you've got a bunch too. Yeah. Well, and, and also where I got it wrong. With God, yeah. See, I feel yeah. like as you walk with God and as you understand blessing this way, you begin to see a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So for people who are listening, um, I encourage you to take time, I mean, to think on your own, but also to have so, have a friend or your spouse listen to this podcast and talk about um, where where is it that your faith is, um, where, you, where you're not actually having faith, you ha- you're having your own control or, or faith in yourself, not mm-hmm. in God. And um, where is it that that you have called something blessing when it really wasn't? And there's just a lot of different mm-hmm. things that you can um, it, personally apply to it's important to talk the right way about blessing before mm-hmm. our skeptical neighbors. Mm-hmm. For people who struggle with belief in God, mm-hmm. if you talk about blessing in a shallow way, it will be another wall yep. keeping them from the glory of Christ. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, they will understand the fundamental nobility. They may not believe you. They may not believe it, but they'll see the internal consistency of the nobility of the idea of blessing. Right. Which is all the more reason to think about to think about this. Right. Like anybody should be thinking about this and how they're talking yeah. about it. and. Yeah. 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 And we, we'd also encourage you to share this podcast with, with a skeptical friend who you have, who you think may struggle with the concept of Christian blessing. Maybe it'll help them. I don't know. Yeah. That'd be good. So thanks, All right, Nick. y'all. We'll see you next time in episode, whatever it'll be. <laughs> yes. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Engage and Equip podcast. If you'd like to find more episodes, you can go online to highpointchurch.org slash podcast. You can also find us online on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and other apps like that. We hope this episode was helpful to you as you grow in becoming a substantive disciple and a part of the local church. If this episode was helpful to you, rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or otherwise share this episode with a friend. Those are some of the best ways that we have to reach new listeners. So until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of Engage and Equip.